going to VAR. They're checking. <laughs> hey, Connie. Check complete. Let's head over to the bar. The bar. Yes, 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 yes. We're back again with another episode of the VAR Bar Podcast. My name is Andrew, aka Rapping Drew, and I'm joined with the star boys of the VBP. How are we doing, guys? Not yes, bad, yes. not bad. Good, man. Bad. All good. Why? How comes? Bro, it's just raining. It's miserable. It's meant to be May. Bro, no sun. Yeah, it's peak. Weather's peak, man. It's still kind of chilly as well, to be fair. Mm. Summer soon come, man. I think, I think from next week onwards, we're smiling weather-wise. But, um... Yeah, will our clubs be smiling in regards to our individual uh, targets for the season? It remains to be seen, man. But obviously, let's start with Jake and his Chelsea. Um, obviously, your team is well on course to finish the season on a high after drawing with Madrid 1-0. Um, obviously, a much-needed away goal and also beating Fulham 2-0 in a West, West London derby. So that's a, you know, on paper at least, Champions League final on the horizon, FA Cup final already in the bag. Top four looks all but confirmed for me. Um, Jake, I say this to you every time, man, but so far, so good? Yeah, man. It's been it's been impressive. I mean, harkening back to that Madrid game, that first half an hour, well, just before they scored, we were fantastic. We absolutely played them off the park. Like I can't say I watch Madrid every week, but I can't remember a time when both Cruz and Modric were so ineffective. Like They were just played off the park completely. I mean, Tuchel said it himself. We could have easily killed off that tie within the first half an hour, let alone um, waiting that long. So fantastic work from them to get the away goal. Should be going through on that regard. If we play like that at Stamford Bridge, very, very happy. If you look go out, you you killed yourself in that first leg because you lot should have been at least like 3-0 up by yeah, half time. No, yeah, yeah. No, without without a doubt, we we could have taken more chances. But I'm just confident with the way we played. Like they looked like they had no answers for us, really and truly. Like we were just popping it around them. Like it just like I say, the midfield was ineffective. I mean, Casemiro, one of the best holding midfielders in the world, he wasn't really in the game that much. And then Cruz and Modric just were so far away from their goal. Like they were just so proved to be so ineffective. Marcelo proved he was over the hill. Like I think he's lucky that he might be doing the elections because he'll just get mm. embarrassed again. Wow. So, yeah. Who, who who started for um Chelsea in the midfield? Because I didn't watch the game personally. It was a Kante Jorginho, middle middle double six yeah. pivot. And Kante had a man's game. game. Sorry, Jake. Kante had a man's game. He was unreal. It's player on the pitch for me. Yeah. He, Unbelievable. He, that was prime Kante. That was absolute prime Kante. He just, he was everywhere. Like, I've said it before, but a lot of people, like, when they speak about Kante, they just speak about his energy. And fair enough. But he is genuinely one of the smartest players on the pitch every time he goes on it because he knows where that ball is going to be. He just knows when to put his foot in. Like, it's fantastic. I, ca- I can't give them enough credit apart from the fact that we just could not get the ball on there apart from Pulisic making a fall out of Courtois which that you could inject that in me every day of the week and twice on Sunday because <laughs> so so let me ask you this because obviously like we'll, we'll we'll go on to the United boys later but I think they they are pretty confident of collecting the Europa League 
But are you are you confident of collecting the Champions League, providing the potential um, finalists that you might be facing? Chelsea, oh, not Chelsea, City or PSG? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I don't think we'd be favoured, uh, but it's a Champions League final. Like It's 90 minutes, anything could happen. And the way we've been playing recently, it's not like we'd be a walk in the park. Mm. Like, for either City or PSG, like we saw in the FA Cup final, obviously City changed a lot, but we can play with them. And then PSG, the way they've been playing with Pochettino recently, it just seems very much like they'll define with nine players and just leave Neymar and Mbappe to attack. So, yeah, yeah. Di Maria joins in, but it is, very, like, it is very much like they play, what, like 4-2, four, four, really, and they just leave Mbappe and Neymar up top. They don't press, and they just want to count at you, which would be mm. quite a different game for us. But, I, like I say, I don't think we'd be favoured, but over 90 minutes, I still think we'd have our... We definitely have our chances, and we'd definitely be in the game. It wouldn't be a case of we'd just be an onslaught if we got there. But at the end, mm. we have to do business tomorrow. We have to take our chances because I don't see us keeping Benzema out of the goal for ninety minutes. Because his goal was his Nor goal. Do I. Was Bro, <laughs> the goat anticipation. That's <laughs> you can't tease that man. No, and it was even like I don't know if you boys remember when he basically decided. I think it was like around the twenty-fifth minute. It was like right, I'm just going to grab the game a bit here. And just took the ball, took a couple of touches to his left, hit it with the left outside of his outside the box. And I think was it even Mendy made a great save or a hit off the post? And it's just like just that little bit of amazing quality. Like mm. no matter how well you defend, he will pop up. So yeah. without a doubt. And I think Ramos is back. And Ramos is definitely, you can say, one of those big time players, those big game players. Yeah. So they've definitely got the personnel to do it and the names. But if, like I said, if we play the way we did uh, when we went to, away to Madrid at Stamford Bridge, I would put, uh, I would see us through. That's mm. what. Let's hope so, man. I don't, I don't mind Chelsea. Um, I hope Chelsea wins the Champions League. Actually, I don't want City to collect it, man. Personally, but let me go to press. So obviously Kai Havertz came like came like Timo Werner for over for big money to Chelsea and struggled to impose himself in the initial stages. Um, I think he also hasn't that many game time as well. But yesterday or Saturday he was good for two goals. He's still only twenty one. Do you think he has the potential to blow blow in the league, or do you think like you know he won't reach the heights that we expect from him or that his price tag demands from him? Yeah, again. So a key thing that you mentioned there: price tag and height. So two key things. I think when we're considering the price tag and the hype um, around Kai Havertz before he came into the league, obviously he was ripping it up in the Bundesliga, uh, goals, assists. Um, he looked great on the ball, you know, demanding the ball, looking assertive, taking on players, etc. I don't think like certainly for the majority of the season, we haven't seen that Kai Havertz uh, in the Premier League. Um, I'm not saying that he won't get there, but I think it's going to take a little bit more, um, you know, desire, effort, uh, whatever you want to call it, for him to actually reach the levels because the Premier League is a different league. But I feel I feel like over the weekend with his with his two goals, which he took really really well, the Mason Mount assist was unreal, by the way. Um, but yeah. yeah, he took the goals really really well, um, and you know that could be a glimpse into what to expect in the future should he continue to you know put in the work, put in the effort, and show you know to show why he should be picked uh, week in week out because uh, it is a hefty price tag. Um, he's a youngster, but there is hype around him. So um, I'm not going to say I expect him to reach the levels, but, you know, there is a little bit of an expectation there 
that he will, you know, reflect some of the form that he showed in the Bundesliga for uh, Leverkusen. So let's wait and see, man. Let's see. I think he will, you know. I think he will. Mm. I, I personally think he will show show his le- or show his quality even earlier or quicker than mm. um, Timo Werner, to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I've kind of seen enough. Obviously, you're right with saying that he's not up to par with his physicality. He looks a bit sluggish. He looks a bit timid, scared mm-hmm. sometimes, even in games I've seen him. But at the same time, it's, it's one of them where I'm thinking like he's probably just sussing everything out because mm-hmm. there, there, ha- there has been glimpses. Jake can correct me if I'm wrong, but there has been glimpses of him actually like, obviously, albeit not like um the whole game but there has been glimpse of him doing like good things like in the game whether it be passes the correct passes or trying to give the assist to Timo or whatever so you know when I when I look at him I don't feel like ah he's not gonna get it right man will he blow blow I'm not sure I think he does have the moments where he fades he fades in games like where he goes missing for for pieces which but he's 21 bro yeah, yeah, facts, facts. facts. One, one, one thing I did want to say, like, while we're on the topic of Chelsea, was like Werner. So um, I know he, he did make a good assist for the second goal, but I noticed that for there was a chance earlier on in the game where he squared it to Ziyech. And um, again, I think it's just for me a sign of his lack of confidence still in front of goal. And I feel like because Chelsea have so many quality players, maybe not this season, but at some point next season, there's going to be a time where the Chelsea are going to be looking for him to start scoring goals. And like, even though he's assisting a lot right now, I definitely feel as if there's going to be a time where there's a lot more pressure on his head. I feel like because a lot of the team are kind of helping with like the goals that there's not too much pressure on him now. But at the end of the day, Chelsea didn't buy him for all of the, all of these assists, all of, all, of this, all of this creative stuff. Do you know what I mean? Jake, would you agree with that? Um... I get where Toshi's coming from. Essentially, want him to be more ruthless in front of goal, and it's definitely a mental thing. Like the kid can, the kid can score. The kid can score. We saw that at Red Bull Leipzig, and this year he has just missed so many big chances. I mean, you think of like the other underperforming strikers. Like, and we, I think there was a chart in the group chat. It was a while ago, and it was like expected goals, tactical goals in the Prem, and Firmino, Mane, and Werner were all in a similar bracket, and. It was a case of, well, you think of Mane, you think he's having a down year, but you can't really associate that many big chances missed with them two as compared to Werner. And for me, it is just a mental thing. He doesn't have that confidence in front of goal. Now, in terms of the assist, well, I mean, I'm going to take the assist still because it's still leading to goals, whether or not Werner's putting them in. I mean, I saw Werner was the first first player since 2016 for Chelsea to have 10 goals and 10 assists since Eden. Like, so... He, don't get me wrong, he has had an underwhelming season and it is just a mental thing. But to still have double figures and goals and assists in a debut season, it's not living up to his price tag, but it's a good start. But he does need to kick on and he does need to have that sense of ruthlessness in front of goal. Like, he doesn't strike me as a player who's absolutely going to smack it in the top corner or even someone that's going to finesse it like Thierry Henry into the bottom corner. He's very much like a placement but with a bit of power one just like bottom corners and he's just he's just not hitting them it's just not hitting him it's not come to him and he needs to kick on like I hope he doesn't miss any more of these chances for the rest of the season because we're getting into that money part of the season we've got no small games left 
So we oh, we can't really afford for him to keep missing these chances. Like if he puts away that one against Courtois in the first leg of the semi final against Madrid, the tie's over. If we go home two one up with two away goals, like so, it'll be interesting to see how he goes because if he carries on like this for the rest of the year, and let's say we miss a chance in the semi final or if we get to the final, the final we don't win it, then how much more likely is it that in the summer we go and try and get a Lukaku or a Haaland and thus immediately threatening his place. So he, he needs to turn up for himself. Yeah, I've seen your running, Jake. It's a bit mad. I've it, seen you've got some hard games. There's no easy game for you lot. Nah, it's us and Leicester that have got disgusting run-ins. And like, I'm glad that's why like with the Fulham game, with the West Ham game, we've picked up points because we've yeah. got that gap. Like Drew says, should we be guaranteed the top four given the points we should do? But considering that run-in, we could easily fall out of it if we don't turn up every single week. So, I mean, we've got City as the first one. They've got a day less recovery. Will that matter that much? Probably not. But the they might be motivated because that's the game for them to secure the title. So Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, like I say, every game's a big game now. It's well, much- I mean, if, I know we're going to go to your game, Andy, but if your game gets played before that, they would have won the title. Yeah, yeah, obviously, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know when that's going to happen, to be honest. Yeah, so... We'll see. Chelsea have got now what? Madrid game, four league games, the FA Cup. So we've got at least six big more big games left, if not seven. Every game. It's like to Americanize it, every game's a playoff game. You <laughs> have to keep that mentality where it is must win at all costs. At least Pulisic will understand. Yeah, there we go. That's that's how they get us over to the Super League. If it really ever gives a playoff game, man. <laughs> all right, man. Let's let's head over to North London then. Um was you, you guys were lo- lots and lots in the news as well. Obviously, Spotify CEO Daniel Ek, a lifetime Arsenal supporter, has come out to say that he's seriously considering buying Arsenal. They also faced their old manager, Unai Emery, who's now managing Villarreal. Arsenal managed to get an away goal, albeit they lost the game 2-1. Um, for me, still in pole position as the next game is at home. Um, Arsenal also <laughs> travelled to Newcastle on Sunday and came away with a much-needed dub and a clean sheet. So, Toast, let me go to you, bro. Because obviously, Good Evening and his Villarreal played a fantastic game on Thursday, especially in the first half, um, and will probably rue the chances that they've missed. Um, still, Arsenal got their away goal. Um, like I said earlier, do you think the mission can be complete, completed next next Thursday? Or um, Yeah, no, I mean, I absolutely think the mission can be completed, man. But again, like with the level of performance that we put in like away from home, like I kind of don't really go into, um, well, it's a home game. So I like to go in with confidence, but in terms of expectations, like they're pretty like level. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not getting ahead of myself that just because we're home, we're going to take care of business because the manner, that, <laughs> the manner in which we conceded those, those two goals in the first leg, to be honest, was, was pretty disgusting. To be honest, the performance was disgusting. The manager's disgusting. So, yeah, man, it's it's, it's going to be a tough one, and obviously, in in any in any sport, you got um, a manager on the, who's been the former manager of a team. If you think that he's not going to go tell those boys, boys, go get me this win, like take me to the finals, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. as well as that, like as much as we want to banter about Emery, he has pedigree in this tournament, and we have to show him his respect. So, yeah, man, we really have to be at our best. Um, 
I just don't feel as if we're defensively good enough to say if we're going to win the game in it. So I would not be surprised if we somehow end up going out. Like so to interrupt you there, Tom's and it's in poor position. We stink at home. Like if people are telling me Virial will not score at Arsenal, like that, come on, they're gonna bag. I know my club well enough to know we're gonna concede. So it's it's just one of them ones again that we we we've done this for the last so so the quarters and the round of sixteen. Benfica, we made it a meal. And then Sparta, um, we, we made it a, a meal again. We just can't Olympi- do it. Olympiacos was well, after Benfica. Sorry? Olympiacos. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was. <laughs> you man love it. You man love it. We we just can't make it. Like, you see United, we're not going to get into them, but then there's Arsenal. It's just... Uh, Andy, there's no pole position right now. So, so let me let me ask you, Arsenal guys, then, because obviously you saw what United did to Ro- Roma. Obviously, you know Roma's—they're not particularly that good this season. But um, for me, as a neutral, I would like to see a United Arsenal final because I feel like um, United would not do um, would not give Arsenal six. Um, nah, they wouldn't. They would. But if Villarreal makes the final, they'll they'll give them six. I think. So this is why I would want to. This is why I want, would want a United v Arsenal final. However, as Arsenal fans, because I've I've heard you lot talking about it, you, you guys are not really, not really feeling it. Someone <laughs> is saying they're scared. Boy, like, no, but facts. Arsenal fans always do this before our games, and then but Arsenal have had a, a good record against United over the last couple of years. Let's let's yeah. not shy away from that. However, obviously, in in a big game final, it, it does change things, isn't it? So I understand where their reservations come from, but at the same time, if I'm an Arsenal fan, I think I think we could beat United. I think on paper, yeah, like United probably should smoke us, but yeah, I, I do know what you mean. That. I do know what you mean, Char. Yeah, like when the game is actually played, United will probably that. hate having to play another English team. If absolutely, absolutely, so yeah, it will be a funny one. Mm. Right. If we talk about the last time we met each other in the final. <laughs> Hmm. I'll happily talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, Jake. Um, obviously, in other news as well, in, re- in regards to Arsenal, um, the, the CEO of Spotify seriously inquiring about um buying Arsenal. Um, what what did you make of that? Um, it seems semi-serious. Like you, you saw. I don't know if you boys saw it, but it was like the whole thing of oh, he's in board meetings and he'll put on the Arsenal game whilst it's on if he's in a board meeting which I mean that's how the rich live isn't it you don't even have to focus on your job you can just watch the Arsenal game whilst making multi-million pound decisions and then getting in like the legends was it Vieira Bergkamp Henri into his bid I it seems semi-serious the guy seemed ready but Cronky ain't gonna sell let's be fair you boy you're an absolute cash cow Arsenal like just the amount of money in that why would he sell it for a lump figure he is going to continue just making money. That is. I think that's, what it is. I think that's why he um he he's got the 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 legends involved. He I think he's trying to play on the emotion side of of Arsenal. Um, but that's I the, think that's what he's going. doesn't have an emotional. Yeah, side of course, of course. Yeah, he literally, like he will see that club as just a way to increase his bank balance. Which mm. he bought it for that reason. That's unfortunately the way it's gone, and that's why Arsenal in this situation because the owner is not prepared to do whatever it takes to win. Like you compare it to Chelsea and City, like those two clubs are owned by men and groups that literally see that club 
as more of like an icon, like a brand piece. Like they have to be winning. They have to be at the very top. Kroenke doesn't have to have Arsenal at the very top. He just has to have them making money and sustainably making money. I mean, that's why he was involved in the Super League because it guarantees him, what was it, 350 million euro every year. So for me, I can see the bed being semi-serious, but unless it blows Kroenke out the water to the point where he cannot refuse it, like a godfather yeah. type offer, he's not going to sell. He has no reason to if he can continue to upgrade the money-making potential of this club. Kroenke will eventually sell. That's the thing, man. Like, will, will, what will it take so long? <laughs> he will. It, it will get to a point where the position will become very untenable for the Arsenal fans. Providing, say, this particular acquisition doesn't go through, and next year he puts in more money into the club, and he's actually serious, then he might, he may will uh, will stave off uh, an Arsenal revolt, but. If he's moving the way he's currently moving, then he would he he would have to sell. Because what what is the 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 card Arsenal fans can play? We can just say we're not buying tickets. We're we're protesting. Yeah, and but Matthew Bradley doesn't make that much compared to him. Like, the TV rights and stuff like that. As long as that continues to come in, wait. Yes. You know, like we were one of the clubs that make the biggest revenue on a match day. Mm. The yeah. Basically, yeah, even with even even with even TV rights, I'm, I'm pretty sure if the if the fans are unhappy, then it will affect the whole club. So essentially, he either has to sell or he has to put in money because it's not. It's I not think the only the only way he will sell because isn't his son like the CEO or something? Yeah, exactly. I think this they're looking to own this for generations, bro. So I think the only way he's gonna sell this if Arsenal. Just, just basically continues at whatever you're doing right now. And, and just, place, well, you're place. missing the point. You're missing the point because the, the fans are saying we can't continue this. The whole but Super the fans, League was. You a, keep saying the fans. What, bro, what's the, he's the owner. Bro. He owns it. What's the fans gonna do? This, this, this is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. You think what's what's the fans are gonna do? What what can they do? What this is what they can do. They can refuse to pay. And that hurts other, his there's, pocket. There's over there's over sixty thousand Arsenal fans from Thailand that will come. It doesn't matter, bro. Okay, so you're That's saying true. that the Arsenal work, fans in Thailand are not, Ars- are not Arsenal fans? Bro, bro, first of all, I think a fans revolt, it, it, it's not going to happen. I don't think fans will stay away from for, for long periods or they will stop buying the kits. Or they will okay, so, so Andy, look, are you so not seeing this? what's happening right now? Yeah, I don't think it's very bold to say that. I think for long term, it's not, it's not going to click. That's what, That's what I think. But this has never happened. This is what you know. Get, if, there's, if there's ever a time for fans to revolt, it's now. Like everything that's happening, and just imagine right now, there's obviously no fans in the stadiums. When they get back in, especially <laughs> after COVID. But, but, but the things you guys fans ain't on it, man. Let's be y'all, y'all, y'all need to see see this in front of you. It's clear. If we can, if Cronky continue running the club like this, the most we can win is an FA Cup. It's not going to change. So essentially, what what happens is Arsenal goes down in the in history in terms of winning things. It will change because Arsenal fans wouldn't want this, um, the status quo to remain the same. Eventually, he will sell. The question is, when will he sell? 
that's basically the issue here because Kroenke is going to be a it's like, anything. It, it, it's, 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 it's like anything exactly it's, it's like anything in terms of business if your product if your brand isn't isn't a good brand if it's not yeah, deemed as a good brand sell. you'll sell yeah. so exactly. if Arsenal, but Arsenal fans can make that product and not a good product bad. they can make it very Correct. very bad and that's the only way that's how I feel like people are underestimating the the, the, the the power of, fans power of the fans. I exactly. think a lot of people, I, a lot of conversations. Yeah, yeah. I know we were touching United, but a lot of the conversations I've been reading and seeing online and and having with other people, I think they're ignoring what fans can do at a football club, and especially English football. English football, mm. like at the heart of it, is it, it, fans. And I think heritage, people need to like, remember that. Heritage, mate. Also, there is there's word on the street that he he put Arsenal on on, on self two years ago, and now that's what word is saying. So I think apparently Arsenal has been on you know. What's the word? He's, he's put Arsenal on, on the market. It's just a good offer. But what Wenger said also strikes me. He says, deals like this are not made in public, which makes me believe this elk, elk deal will fail. But hopefully he doesn't. Plus, <laughs> you never know. What's his name can be a worse crunky, but who knows? Let's just wait and see. All right, man. Let's move on. Let's move on. Tabs. Um, Yo. So, obviously, um, we touched on Villarreal on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then you also got West Brom at home on Sunday evening. I mean, f- for you as an Arsenal fan, what are you playing for in, in the league, like league-wise? Is it you know what? Um, the embarrassment of not being in the... Yes, exactly. Yeah. We can't be on page two of two come the end of the season. So basically every Premier League game, I don't care who it is, is a cup final game, right? In the league. Um, but I, was I, I just want to disclaim myself from that comment. <laughs> so Munya, so you'd still rather lose <laughs> those games and finish in on page? I mean, I, I wouldn't call it a cup final because we should like just, just like the Newcastle game, we should be winning that game. There's just games that we should. Yeah, be but winning. that's what I, I'm just saying. I'm just stating that every game is a must-win. Basically, is what I'm saying for us to finish in the best possible position we can, based on what's left. Mm. So to answer Andy's question, every game is important. Um, but obviously, our seat, or should I say, our Teta season rests on Villarreal. And then what happens if we qualify past the semi finals as well? I, I think it, that's what all it rests on. If he doesn't win that, man, he's going to get fired. Mm-hmm. That's no. Is he? Are, are I, don't, you sure? I don't know, man. Is I don't he? know. I don't, think, I'm not I don't sure. think he will. I don't think he will, personally. Not, but, not with the concrete's uh, local. But he should, though. He should. He he absolutely yeah, yeah, he should. should. Like, he should. I mean, been given a whole season. If Arsenal to finish ninth after a whole season of what of Arteta, that's that's the stack of water. Who's going to sack him? Who's going to sack him? Yeah, this is this is my problem. When yeah, go ahead. A board from top to below, Arteta is a yes man. He causes no problem. He doesn't turn around and demand things. They will be happy with him as our manager. So as long as we can get this sale from um, EK, oh, me and them man don't like Arteta. They'll ship him out. So I'm telling you now, with the current board, he's staying. Well, yeah, Moon, even if, if you run that logic, any good manager would demand good players. So how where are Arsenal, where, where Arsenal going to get the money? The money that they haven't invested yet. So no one is, Arteta isn't going anywhere. That's the re- reality of things. We sh- we can expect yeah. another season of ninth, land if we keep it one hundred next year. Exactly. Exactly. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail, land. Let's just sit tight and just ride the wave. Chardon told you, man, man. Anyway, <laughs> let's let's move on. Um, obviously, this weekend was meant to be the big Super Sunday game um, between United and Liverpool. 
Yeah. But preparations for that got rudely interrupted by a certain section of protesting United fans storming into Old Trafford. Um, eventually, the match got postponed, but there were nasty scenes of doors being smashed. Even I saw security guard being badly injured, um, people doing um, overhead kicks. <laughs> uh, it was a little bad. And obviously, as of now, the game has been postponed. Um, I'm not sure yet, but you guys can tell me. There's not been there's, there's been no date yet for this game, right? No, no, no date. All right, cool. Um, however, United did have a game uh, on Thursday where they had a home game against uh, Europe um, in the Europa League versus Roma. Eventually, ran out comfortable six two winners in the end. Um, but let's talk about what happened, man. Char. Um, obviously, nasty scenes at Old Trafford and the game being postponed has inconvenienced everyone. Um, especially Liverpool, um, who are obviously in need of points to get into the top four. Um, but how did you experience this as a United fan? And um, yeah. if anything, what sort of sanctions do you feel that needs to be posed on United or fans or both? Or yeah, you feel like no. Um, yeah. Look, I think yeah, the the scenes yesterday. I, I I think everyone was watching the same thing, and as it was happening, I think more people started almost getting surprised as it as it as it, as it unfolded um so i remember my initial reasoning or my my um my thought of my thought trail basically was like look in, in the uk we there is quote unquote freedom of speech um obviously people breaking it breaking and hurting people isn't something to be justified but if they're not doing that um then let their feelings be known um i've always come probably in favor of the fans rather than the business aspects of things of course i know that the glazers aren't going to sell of course i know that this is probably not going to have them thinking um to sell um because they live what eight hours away and and, and they have no recollection of, of what's happening in the uk day to day um however as a fan um i i, I understand what their ownership is doing to the club so i i i was at first i was justifying what they were doing um i was only until i think we saw more pictures and i started realizing that people were getting hurt um they f- they'll throw flare like bottles and um and um and flares um up to i think the sky sports broadcasting team and um even outside the um, the stadium then I, then then i think they made a great point and um don't get me wrong i'm not relating the two situations obviously one is clearly should be more of an agenda but um, i remember when a couple months ago there was a uh, racial relations and obviously the whole black lives matter movement was happening um and what what the media was doing was they were painting the whole movement on the actions of a couple idiots of idiots that basically people yeah people that were basically the one or two um within the community within the crowd that was basically causing trouble which you can get anywhere um and I, my my overall opinion is in this situation we we can't allow for the idiots to to, to basically downplay what the sugarcoat was actually the the point of of, of yesterday. It wasn't just the fact that we dislike. I, I I think I heard people talking about um, they're almost almost making it a football reason. So the reason why United fans are angry is because we're rubbish. But that's that's a lazy argument for me because if you if you if you if you if you break it down sector by sector, the reason why we're not performing on the pitch over the last eight years, which is how long we haven't won the league, is because of decisions that are being made by this board. And why? Because they're taking money out for club and they're using it to buy to pay themselves dividends. So that's the issue. And I think that that's the reason why United fans are disgruntled. But then so I'm not justified. Go on. 
Sorry, yeah, but but then so obviously some I've, I've seen some people um question that I've, I've seen what I hear what you're saying to be honest, but yeah. then I've seen some people question questioning that saying that, but yeah, in that time obviously with the profit that they've made um yeah. that you that the United board have made you've you've bought amazing players. Yeah, so just so, so just add to that. Yeah. So Drew, so do, do, I'm not sure if anyone knows the ins and outs of United like that, but basically we are self-sustained. So all the money that we spend as a club is the money that we generate as a club. If like you Arsenal. actually look at it, yeah, yeah, like basically like Arsenal. If you actually look at, I think um, uh, uh, maybe we'll share it in one of the socials. If you actually look at how much is being spent by the Glazers in comparison to what we're making as a, as, as, as a business in terms of United as a business, it's, it's, it's minus. They're not spending anything. They're taking money out of a club. They put us on the stock exchange. They're taking money. They, 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 I, think, I think it's 20-something percent of the, comp, the club is, is, um, has been bought by bank loans. So it's not even financed by themselves. It's, it's financed by, by basically them saying they can pay it off in a, in a certain period of time. So if, bear in mind, when they walked in in 2005, and I think they took majority shareholder in, I think, like 2008, maybe nine, we had one of the best facilities in terms of training. We had what probably the best the best stadium in the world, in, in the country, at least. Now, all the other clubs around me, you can't tell me that people at Everton, um, like Aston Villa, are investing into their training grounds, investing into their clubs, and, 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 and United, who are self-sustaining, their, their owners can't can't do the same. It's not yeah. just it's not a stadium, innit? Bro, if if anyone's been to our stadium over the last let's say five to six years, the seating is a is a joke for Manchester United, yeah, who are the third richest club in 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 the world to have those sort of facilities is a joke in itself. And if and just just to, just to finish off my point, it's not even just that. If you actually look at the area in in, in if you actually look at the area in and around um, Old Trafford, it's undeveloped. If you actually, if, I've heard, obviously I haven't gone to a city stadium themselves, but if you actually go into the, the, the area in and around the city stadium, the Etihad, it's completely different. There's flats, there's, there's, there's nice scenery. And, and, then there's, and there's a reason for that because on their, on their half, they have managers, well, they have owners who, who invest into their club. And on our half, we have people who want to take money from it. So until that changes, I'm always going to be for, for, for protests in it, as long as it's peaceful. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, city, city, round the corner, you, you, you get into a bad neighborhood as well. They had to add, and I, mean, I think the the, the 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 Old Trafford is a bit isolated. Have you man, have not, you man seen not. Tottenham? If you ever talk about bad, have you man seen the Tottenham one? Yeah, that is shocking. Yeah, Especially that's like a line. diamond covered in shit, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went for one. Yeah, game. yeah, I'm not saying United is like that. I'm just saying that there's areas basically that are the, the, the land is owned by the the club, and and the club haven't done anything on it. Mm. Oh, I get what guys, you're saying. Yeah, guys, do you, I got a question. Do you reckon these billionaires or so-called billionaires ain't got the peas like that, so they can't spend? Probably tied because, up in assets, man. Bro, it's, yeah, it's, because it's, because these these the, football is a very expensive game. So for you to you know to recoup your your spending, it might take a long time. So really and truly, the people who are who are, are spending money are people who actually have the money, i.e., the oil guys. Sorry, I was just going to say what, Shalom, I mean, like, I do get what you mean that obviously not all of like a, an owner's net worth is obviously like liquid or anything, but you yeah. can't tell me that like, um, like these multi-millionaire owners don't have what, 200, 300 million to, to put into a club. At the end of the day, like that is a very small percentage of what the actual net worth is, you know what I mean? No, or, so what worth of a club is. So that's, for me, like... Yeah. 
if you if you're comparing like what uh the city owners for instance and the United owners or even the Arsenal owners like it's it's like apples and oranges like if we're talking about clubs that have to be um self-sustainable essentially so my what I'm trying to pull across is say you spend 300 or million in a, a year buying a player and obviously wages etc etc and, and other things in the club when are you looking to recoup that 300 million plus interest I'm guessing that's what you would like so you know I I think football has changed because money has come into the game and made it extremely difficult so just I'm trying to see the oversized point of view. Uh, the, return, the return on investment, Shalom, should be, should be yeah. winning games and winning trophies, winning titles, not yeah. how much you get back in terms of profit. Do you understand? Uh, if if yeah. you were a, a true supporter of, of the club's interests. So so one point across to you, do you reckon you can get away with that if you have enough money to spend? But you can't, or you have to kind of fight yourself between the juxtaposition of being a business owner, if it's a juxtaposition, or being a business owner and a supporter. You have to think, okay, and I'm here to make make money. Ultimately, it's a business. So my question is, has the introduction of Abramovich and, uh, and Saudis, have they kind of ruined football because people are not looking to spend as much as them? They've made it better, bro. So that's my question to you guys. Mm, yeah. Uh, I think if the likes of Roman and Sheik Mansa, I think, like Drew said, I think they've made it better. I think they have um, welcomed um, more These competition. Men have genuine interest into yeah. the game. You can't compare yeah. them to the Glazers. They've, wa- they've welcomed <laughs> competition. That's the point, Drew. That's literally the point. Mm. These men have invested interest in football. Yeah. So that's the reason why they should be owners of football clubs. Exactly. These Americans yeah. don't yeah. care about football. They care. So they but they they look at us as an investment, which is fine. Businessly, I'm not against what they're doing because at the end of the day, it is it, the reason why anyone goes into business is to make as much money as possible. I understand it. But this is the point where these 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 people that are working five days a week that are, are, are using their last their last bit of piece to, to buy tickets. Do you think they're they're sitting there thinking, oh, businessly, we understand that the, the the way the Glazers are are, are are basically running the club? Of course not. And that's the point. Like it's almost t- take a business out of sometimes and just think about it on, in a logical sense. You understand? It's mad. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So not. I don't, I don't know. I was just watching like um, not to go off point too much, but I was watching the City game um, on the weekend, obviously, and I saw like. Their second team is basically like the Bro. equivalent of a top four first team. And I, for me, I don't know. I just kind of feel as if it's a little bit unfair, like the amount that, got to that point, um, City are able to spend. And it's I think it's, it's, a, it's a tough one because I wouldn't want to like put like a, a cap on that team mm. spend, but it should there should be an element of owners maybe are allowed to spend up until a certain amount because at the end of the day, like it, it really isn't fair. If you're looking at City squads, and I think that's what they're trying to introduce. In the league, you want to play law in football. I think they're trying to introduce that 50 plus one. I think that's the only way, realistically, we're going to have teams being able to compete with City. At the end of the day, they're going to win, what, three out of the last four titles. And their squads, their squad is by far the best. It's not even, it's not even competition. It's not even like, close, yeah. <laughs> I hear you guys, but at the same time, I'm like, nah. Because it's, I'm, I'm really on the, then get your money up kind of flex. But or I, don't I, cop the club. <laughs> yeah, and don't and don't mess up the club because yeah. because look, like every other owner, especially in the top six, I think all of the, these owners are billionaires. Like they're all billionaires, and 
you know, you, what you do with your money, you especially Roman is a brilliant example because he doesn't rely on Chelsea. Obviously, Chelsea yeah, doesn't it, have yeah. the reach Facts. and the commercial reach like Arsenal, like Liverpool, like United. My man puts his own money. Mm. If we need to get Havertz and Wern in one window, I'm going to my MasterCard. Mm. Swipe, swipe the thing, bro. We'll pay his freight. Chelsea's a pleasure to him. These other, these other owners, they don't do that. Yeah. You get me? When they can. That, that, that's my that's one point across can they that's one that's my they, question i think they can, can. They? i think they can i think they can, but they just like, choose not to the fa needs Fair to enough. step in like honestly like there has to be some sort of like because even with arsenal, you've, allows you've, the fa to kind of step in even with, even with arsenal <laughs> like you you don't spend you don't spend as much as a city does like in terms of like 30 for like four signings in one window that cost 30 million but you have managed to sign a a Pepe for that amount, for example. Liverpool have man signed a Van Dijk, for example. Um, uh, United, uh, Martial years ago for that for that amount. People wow. were looking look, looking wrong at that as well. You get me? So the, these these teams they do spend, but the difference with Roman is like there's he loves Chelsea, he loves football, he loves the Premier League. Shaq Mansour as well, same same thing. He they love they love City, they love the Premier League, but above all, they just want to win, bro. So they so they essentially they spend more. That's my point. Do you think it's a coincidence that the reason why they're winning on the pitch is because they love football? It's not it's not rocket science. If anything, you man. If anything, you man, they should like we're talking about caps, they should be like a minimum spend. If yeah. anything, no, yeah. This is kind you know of just, I mean? it's kind of low-key what I mean, Prez. And <laughs> yeah, it's something like, it? we need the FA to almost step in and say, you know what? Like, if you're not gonna run well. It's difficult because at the same time, on the flip on the flip of the coin, you can't really ask or tell an owner how to run his football yeah, plan. But it's ridiculous when Sheik Mansour is spending stupid money and then Arsenal are having to generate their own revenue to, to spend money. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's ridiculous. And it's, it's not Arsenal fair. Arsenal don't have to generate their own revenue. It's just a business decision. It's a business it's decision. Because, that's because, what, what Kroenke chooses to do. Because I'm sure these guys sit down and get advice that, okay, if you spend X, one Z, Z, you will get there by X time. Bro, you know but what? If, what but if you do, Rams, bro. If, but if you do this, you get that. They they know what they're doing. So essentially, it either comes to just the love for your game for the game mm. that set, that makes you want to spend more and make you makes you want to take that risk in order to win. Then that's basically what you you have to the criteria you have to meet to become a footballer. You need to have passion yeah. for for the game. Yeah, basically, that's yeah. what we're asking. That's basically then, it. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd, in the free market, it's, it doesn't work like that because you get people who just have the money and yeah. no passion for the game. Right. And that's, that's what happens. Let's, let's move, man. This is a the whole topic in itself, but let's keep it stepping. Um, Press, um, let, let's go to a bit more happier news then because obviously, first day, 6-2 winners at home view Roma. Yeah. Um, seems like every time Roma enters UK shores, they leave with a pamming, um, especially against United. Um, but I think f- for... Not for once, but for a few times this season, collectively, United looked really good, um, even despite the setbacks, because they came back. Um, I think um, they were 2-1 up once in the game, weren't they? Yeah, Roma were 2-1 up. Yeah. 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 But United just kept playing their game. Um, what did you make of, the, of United's overall performance, man? And obviously, you're the team to beat now for this, for this Europa League. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, I, 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 there's various points in the season where, like, I go back to, you know, after a game is finished, I go back to the game and watch the extended highlights of the game like multiple times because I'm so pleased with the performance. Obviously, they're few and far between. 
Um, I think probably Tottenham was probably another one that's more recent where I was like, yeah, I was I was pleased with the performance. But yeah, this one was one of them as well. And um, I don't know what it was, man. I think like coupled with the fact that Roma weren't really that good. Um, I mean, not taking credit away from the boys because obviously, you know, we still had a job to do. There's, you know, pressure, uh, pressure of the occasion, etc. And, um, you know, we overcame uh, a deficit as well. Um, but you know the boys. Yeah, the football just seems to be clicking. Bruno was finding pockets. I, a lot, a lot of it for me was just we we just have soccer. better players. Yeah, we, I mean the soccer was great, but we just have the better players. Like Cavani was unreal, um, Bruno was unreal, Pogba was unreal. Uh, Greenwood came on and scored his goal. I feel like um, I think they had their their um, number one keeper substituted due to injury. Um, I think late in the late in the second late in the first half. Um, and the substitute goalkeeper was very, very shit, man. Like he, he was not, he was not good at all. Um, there was a, a couple of the goals that I feel like we scored that he could have definitely done better with. Um, but you know, we we were still clinical. Um, we were composed. We weren't rattled by being behind, and we kept the pressure on. We kept we kept applying the pressure, and we kept pushing for more goals. And um yeah if if i had to be overly critical about the performance i feel like the two goals could have been avoided um the two goals we conceded obviously pogba was unfortunate with the the handball situation and um i feel like defensively the two the two um the two uh, holding players that we've got in midfield mcfred quote unquote um you know could have probably done a little bit more on the second goal but aside from that yeah, I can't really come in and, and slander slander the performance or any of the players too tough because I feel like we did exactly what was expected of us in the second half and have put ourselves in a great position uh, come come the second leg. So yeah, pleased with that, man. Obviously, because the weekend game got postponed in it, so it gives you man more time to prepare to slap the brakes off. Off yeah, road, man. man. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that we we give um we give some of the other guys a, a chance as well, like um, give Ahmad a run out. I think. Um, you know, a lot of the fans are, are keen to see what he's about. I feel like this is a good game for him. Um, Van der Beek as well, of course. Mm. Um, just give them guys some minutes, put some minutes under their belt. Obviously, the season's closing out and give them the experience and, and a little bit of, um, you know, show, show a little bit of faith in them. So, and yeah, um, let's see what happens. And I said give Van der Beek run out, you know. <laughs> How disrespectful that is. It's right. mad disrespectful, bro. But like the, the, the way things have been going for him, like I just want to get him on. Do you know what I mean? So... Um, how many goals do Roma need to score to go through? Just ask for a mate. I think four, four man. They, oh, yeah. yeah, it was just horrible. <laughs> it's not, but it's not happening, man. <laughs> it's not, it's not as happening. long as we score, once we score one, yeah, one away goal, like, mm, yeah, forget it. What, like, what did you make of, um, before we move on, what did you make of um, the Roma, of Pellegrini of Roma? He was their busiest player. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's but he's nice, you know. Yeah. I like it, yeah, he's, he's, he's one of their shining lights this season, man, but... Overall, that team is poor, man. Especially their back four. Yeah, man. Cool stuff. Yeah, man. But shout out United, man. Good stuff. Um, obviously, last but certainly not least, um, we got Spurs again. Our residential Spurs fan is not in the building, but um, we let him off for this week again. Um, obviously, off the back of a loss in the final of the Caribbean Cup, Ryan Mason and, and his comrades welcomed this welcomed the already relegated Sheffield United. Um, Gareth Bale with a hat-trick. I think it's his first hat-trick since 2012 um, for Spurs. Four goals, zero goal involvements from Harry Kane, which leads me to this important question, Toast. Are we giving Ryan Mays the full-time Connie? 
Hey man, honestly, it's a slap in the face to Ledley King, and I'm gonna put it up like out there. I was, away. I was literally about like, to go there, but lead the way, Ryan bro. Mason, because I'm pretty sure Ryan Mason has hasn't been like an assistant or a coach at Tottenham anywhere near. It's my so, age, Ledley brother. King, we yeah, even Chris Paul, bro. We have we have Ledley King, who's a legend of the club. Who for me, as a footballer, if it wasn't down to injuries, he definitely would have gone down as one of the best centre backs in the Premier League, like hands down for me. Like he's a football guy, and I don't know how Ryan Mason has Usain bolted his way up <laughs> ahead of him, but I mean, yeah. If we're being but, honest, but he's he's a caretaker. Like, just, I, I can't just, see just Ryan Mason being, spanning the works. Who yeah. says that he wanted the role though? Because it's easier for us to say how they've missed Ledley. What <laughs> if Ledley didn't want it? Then I'm looking at then I'm lo- I'm looking at Levi sideways, isn't it, man? I don't want to say Monia, that, bro. Cat, bro. Monia, come on, man. Yeah, I know you're playing devil advocate, but yeah, really, don't do. Let's not do this, man. Even Chris Powell, bro. Chris Powell was we talked about for the role, like a hierarchy to things, man. Like, I just don't understand how is it a 29 or 30 year old like 29, bro, can just roll up and become the caretaker manager of Tottenham Football Club. Like, that's just yeah. ludicrous, man. Hey, it's just shows the club in it's a shambles. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make sense, man. But obviously, um, Shalom, let me go to you because obviously there's a another Hattie, not another, but a Hattie from Gareth Bell. Um, business end of the season is where people were predicting for him to come good. Um, I haven't really heard your thoughts in regards to Gareth Bell so far. Uh, what, what have you made of him and his second coming to Spurs? Um, I would never slander Bell because he's d- done it. He showed us what he can do. But um, I will congratulate him for his hat trick. But it's Sheffield; they are really poor. Yeah. Pitch politics. <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think it's any mu- quality much finish this time, man. But yeah, yeah the quality of finish. But, but the what... keeper, though, that keeper's the worst keeper. <laughs> Aaron Ramsdale, <laughs> bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His positioning just... was everywhere. The, nah, the he, I don't think he's saving the, the second. The second. That goal? second one, he right. Yeah, the second one. Yeah, the second one. He he wraps it. The thing is, if you give good players time, they'll do amazing things. And obviously, yeah, the great players do amazing things without when there's no time. So not to say, um, what's his name is, is good. I'm just saying that he was given time. So he was given time to, to hit that ball top bend. If he was closed down, he probably would have taken another touch. But like I said, it was the quality of the, without taking the hat-trick away from Bell, Sheffield were a poor team. But well done to Bell. Like and Gareth Bell now, like 30 appearances, in all competitions, 14 goals, three assists, like 17 goal returns. Not bad for someone finished. Not bad at all. Just, I'm sorry, <laughs> 14 goals all. in all comps and um, three assists, man. So, Not yeah. bad for someone that's lot, that, that basically says, But, man, class is permanent, like I always say. <laughs> Fair. I'm, I'm a bit interested what would happen with, with him because obviously... When is his contract top at Madrid? Because they're he's not extended. Yeah. Is it next, next year? year? Yeah. Yeah, he's got to get his paycheck for the year and then cut. Go so, to so, so, so where is it going? America? That's the only thing because I don't think anyone can afford his um, wage. Yeah. Player, bro. He's nice, man. He's, he's Listen, he play, he, he's Welsh, yeah, who have no aspirations of winning anything on the international front. He's won it all in terms of um, the club. Co- yeah, bro, he's Love done. Football. He's cool, bro. He's comfy. Yeah. Shout out, Bellman. Yeah, right, toast. Um, obviously, Spurs like like Liverpool are small outsiders for the top four, um, heavily dependent on the teams above them to flop. Their last four games in the leagues are Leeds away, Wolves at home, Villa at home, and then Leicester away. Um, is this mission impossible for them, or are there twelve points to collect from them in these games? 
Um, <laughs> it's, on it's, paper, it's, you would say it's yes. Fu- it's funny, yeah, exactly. On paper, um, you'd say yes. And obviously, they've just kind of lost their manager. And I feel as if there's always this tradition of teams kind of going on a nice little run after their, a manager has been sacked or a manager has left. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there's every possibility that Tottenham could go on a good run. Do I personally think that um, they'll make top four? I don't think so. I think um, uh, positions one and two are more or less wrapped up. And I think Leicester are not going to, they're not going to make the same mistake they made last year. And I feel as if Chelsea as well are going to get the fourth spot as well. So um, I think it's, I do think it's mission impossible to be honest. I think they've left it too late. Mm. Facts. What did you guys make of um, Talk Sports new signing as well? Why? He's inevitable, man. He's inevitable, that guy. Who? Are we talking about Jose? Yeah, Jose, yeah. yeah. yeah what, he's real, local? Man. He's real. He's real. Yeah, oh, man. mad. Real, man. Yeah, he's real, man. Talk sport. Newest signing. Mad. Shout out Jose, man. I swear he was saying. You can shout him out, boy. He wants another Prem. <laughs> what was that? I read some. I read like an interview he did. He said he said he wants another prem job. He doesn't want to. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> want to leave, man. Him and Carlo are his boys. He'll probably he'll replace Carlo at Everton or something, man. That's his bag. He'll but he'll be asking for a nut salary, bro. This yeah. is the thing. Like, who's gonna want to pay that? Knowing his recent track record, really. Someone will pay it, man. Someone will <laughs> pay it. Someone will always pay it. Just That's to boost the profile of the club. <laughs> All right, man. Let's head to the bar. Any shots? Yeah. Line them up. I'll have a shot. Um, You know, I always take shots for keepers. Today I'm going to take a shot for our number two. Uh, Matty Ryan, he stepped up. um, His third Premier League start for Arsenal. Uh, First win, first clean sheet. Um, I feel like he's very unlucky in his first two games. He's a man that loves a club. And I actually um, saw in an article something quite interesting. He actually speaks um, Spanish, I think. So even when he was um, commanding Gabriel, who started... He was able just to communicate. He's a man that loves the game. And I feel like if we sign him, we need someone to push Leno because Leno's just too comfortable at the moment. So shout out Matt Ryan. Mm. Chris. Yeah, man. Um, just for the, the win, uh, the win in the Europa League semi-final, um, just shout out the United boys, man. Um, came through, did the business. Uh, can't complain, man. Um, and it looks like Ole might finally be breaking the curse of of the uh, the semi-finals, uh, not not being able to overcome it and get to a final. Obviously, we've still got another ninety minutes to play, but we're in we're in a good position to do it. <laughs> Obviously, I got a you know like that, you know that. So I had to I had to throw that in there quickly. But um, yeah, this shout is what out we've become, man. Nah, man. Right, this is what we've become, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jake. Man. yeah. Um, my shot is for Captain America, Pulisic. Um, I already touched on it in my on the first game. But um, him rounding Courtois, that's an all-time moment for me, making an absolute fall out of him. I will love him forever for that. But as well, like I was reading after the game, because he was getting fouled constantly again in that game. He he got He's the most fouled player in a Champions League semi-final, apart from Messi. So he was absolutely run, running the game from attacking viewpoint. Like He's looking sharp again. I just hope he stays consistent like that, so that he won out for my boy. Hear it. Nice one, man. Sure. Yeah, man. Uh, just want a quick young. Obviously, he's a bit premature, but a young, a young shot from from my from my boss, 
Ollie. I just wanna I just wanna give him a bit of a shout out, man. I feel like I think I tweeted it. Ole ball, bro. I think I tweeted it and um you had the response to it. But um when we lose it's, it's always Ole's fault. When when we win it's individual um brilliance. Uh, I think sometimes we just need to realise that it, it's been Ole, not Jose, not L V G, um Van Gaal, not Moyes, not Giggs, who has managed to get with these people and, and get them working in a in a in a system that's obviously producing results. Um, so yeah, so shout out Ollie, man. My G. <laughs> Toast. Yeah, I got a quick shot for um, Mohamed Daoneni. Now, this one is actually a, a Sambuca shot, and I don't like Sambuca, so you obviously know where I'm going with this one. Um, obviously, score, he scored his first goal in the Premier League for Arsenal since 2016, which I think is just really indicative of the kind of sort of club we are really like. That Daoneni's not scored a Premier League goal since 2016. He played, I think, three or four seasons, went on loan, came back and still hadn't scored a Premier League goal until mm-hmm. just this weekend, isn't it, man? So, yeah, pretty... It's not not a respe- respectable record at all. And if Thomas Partey keeps shooting the way he does, it's going to be another four years till we get a Premier League goal from him as well, man. So, yeah, man, that my shot for those two, those two boys. Boy. All right, man, let me close it. I've got a shot as well. Um, no one Liverpool-related, but an uh, ex-United player just won the league over at um, Italy into Milan and um, the reason why I'm saying this is because obviously he's someone that I've always you know had a I've, I've always added him but at the same time I've liked him so my shot goes out to Lukaku for inspiring and being a major major part for Inter Milan winning the league again taking it off Juventus after seven years um, Romelu Lukaku Bolingoli as I like to call him man shout out you man Obviously, with that, we will end this show. Um, remember to follow us on our socials, Varbar Pod, and on Insta, the Varbar Podcast on Twitter. We are also on YouTube, the Varbar Podcast. Subscribe, hashtag Varbar Podcast, whenever you you tweet or send us tweets. Uh, my name is Andrew, aka Rapping Drew, and we out. Peace. Peace, man. Peace. <laughs> hey, hi.